this is Joe and TJ with another episode of our One Thing series. Our desire is that our One Thing series truly helps you to lead better and grow faster. Every month on our podcast, we feature a great guest always on the topic of leadership and we blast it out to you from the schoolhouse302.com. Thank you, TJ. Please share this with other leaders you know that are looking and craving to get better. Thank you. So here we are with our guest, Jamie Beckler. Thank you for being here with us, Jamie. We're so excited you are on the show. Oh, uh, excited to be here. Uh, you guys got a great podcast and uh, doing a lot of great things. So excited to talk to you guys today. Excellent. Thank you for those kind words. This month, we are focused on how to function and work well on a team, something that TJ and I are very excited about and something that Jamie is an expert in. So we are absolutely thrilled. This month, we wanted to take this deep dive into highly functioning teams, how they work, but also with a little spin, um, not so much the leader building the team, but how as an individual, you can most effectively work on that team. And your background resonates with us, Jamie, specifically being a, a former athletic director, a coach. Uh, we love your work. So thank you so much for being with us. Uh, TJ, would you like to tell our audience a little bit more about Jamie? I'd love to, Joe. Thank you for that introduction. Jamie is the host of the popular Success is a Choice podcast. He's also the author of The Bus Trip and The Leadership Playbook, something we're going to talk about here in a minute. He's a former college basketball coach and a high school athletic director, so our audience will connect to both of those things. He now travels across the country speaking and consulting with sports teams and educators about leadership, culture, and teamwork. He's also a certified, now pay attention here, folks, John Maxwell Leadership Coach. And you can connect with him on Twitter at Coach Beckler, which our audience will certainly do. We love Twitter. And his website is jamiebeckler.com. We're thrilled to have Jamie here today. Okay, Jamie, let's talk about teams, teamwork, and the roles each person plays on a team. In your book, The Leadership Playbook, you talk about the success uh, of being on a team and the choice that that is. You acknowledge that knowing the right thing to do is not the hard part, it's actually doing it. Let's dive into this concept of behavior and our actions and what it means to function as an effective team. We wanna hear anything that you might say about the keys to effectively functioning on a team. Man, you just made me feel guilty and, and you don't even know that. Uh, <laughs> using that using that quote from my book this morning i stopped at mcdonald's for breakfast and i knew i shouldn't have but i wanted a breakfast sandwich from mcdonald's and, and and you know oftentimes you know we say i just don't know what to do life's so hard or, or this is so hard or i don't know what to do i knew exactly what i should do if i if i want to get into better shape i shouldn't stop at mcdonald's but what I wanted right now was more important than what I ultimately wanted, which is sad because, you know, then I'm going to, I'm going to bang my head against the wall a little bit later and be like, man, why can't I fit into these jeans? Or, or why don't I look like, uh, like my son the other day, he was like, he saw my wedding picture and he was like, dad, you had hair and you were skinny. And so, yeah, <laughs> you know, and if I want to get back to that, I probably shouldn't be stopping at McDonald's. So circling back around to what you just asked as whenever we're part of a team, and, and this doesn't just go for a student or a student athlete. 
you know, teachers are part of a, a, a team. Uh, if you're at a business, you're part of a team ultimately. And so when we're part of a team, most of the time we know what we should be doing, how we should be acting. It's just comes down to, do we want to do those kind of things? And, and we kind of get our selfish, uh, ambitions or our agendas, they kind of get in the way and, and sabotage the teams a little bit. And, and you look at almost any team, you know, your favorite team on TV uh, or your team at work. And oftentimes if it gets slowed down or, or um, it's not operating as effectively or efficiently as it could be, it's probably because there's some kind of an agenda involved that's that's going counter to what's best for the group. There's, there's too much, too many people looking at their tree and not the whole forest. Well, that's powerful, Jamie, about the tree and the forest. You know, a big part of what our audience loves is, you know, that how. Well, how do I do it? You know, how do I gain a level of self-control? You know, in this instance, you know, how, how can or how could we advise our audience and our listeners, you know, to stay focused on the farce to quit thinking so selfish um, when in the end it still benefits us the most. And I think that's the contradiction, right? We're focused on ourselves when our heart is usually for, you know, the greater good. Um, but our behavior doesn't always act, you know, doesn't always that farce in line and, and really move towards the bigger picture um, rather than that quick moment, that quick stop at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I probably shouldn't have said that my wife will probably listen to this and I just hold on myself, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where we really have to decide, uh, Simon Sinek, uh, had a book, uh, start with the why we have to know our why we have to know our purpose. We have to know what, what we value the most, essentially what's our mission. And every business has a mission statement, core values. Every school district has a mission statement or a philosophy. Every person should have their own. What, what am I about? What's most important to me? Because you need to rely upon that when these choices come. You don't make your choices, you know, really you don't make your choices when that choice is right in front of you. You've made that in the daily habits leading up to that. Uh, you know, if your habits are such that you're doing the right thing to achieve your goal or your, your habits are in line with what your purpose is, then when you are faced with decisions, then you're going to be rock solid in making those decisions. And, and a lot of times what we are is we're like a kite in the wind or we're a tumbleweed in the wind. And whatever way the wind is blowing, that's which way we are going as opposed to being rock solid, having this, this true north or this compass that, that we know what our why is and we know what we're all about. So let's say I'm a coach or I'm a teacher. I'm not going to change up the way I'm doing things just because all of a sudden I've got to get this win or else I'm going to get fired or I've got to get this certain test score or I'm going to get, uh, you know, a bad evaluation, or I'm going to get fired from my job. No, we're doing the, the things necessary, because that's what's, that's what our why is. Our why is we're going to reach these students, or we're going to reach these athletes. And so each day, you almost have to be reminded of that. And one thing I did as a coach uh, is, is I put actually in front of my uh, desk or on the wall on the bulletin board on my wall, I put the obituary of my high school coach who, who unfortunately died of cancer at age 47, but he had such an impact on my life. 
And I put his obituary up there so I could see that every single day. And that reminded me every day when I sat at my desk of why I coach, why I do what it is that I do. And it was to, to leave a, a, an impact, have an impact on people. And, and, you know, oftentimes we think of legacy as, you know, what you leave behind when you die. And certainly my coach left a legacy on me, but his legacy was left on me long before he died. Your legacy is every time you leave the room. Your legacy is, is every time you interact with somebody. And so that's one thing that I did specifically to remind myself every day of what my why was. Jamie, thank you for sharing that with us. That's a, a profound example. And I think it also speaks to just how every moment of our lives we're, we're connecting with others and we don't know the deep connections we are making. And, and in this instance, obviously a life taken way too soon, um, but had a dramatic impact on you. So thank you for sharing that. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and dive into our, our five one thing series questions. Um, this is just your take on, on some of the, the, the things that really people can do in their day-to-day life um, to lead better and grow faster. Um, who is one person or group who you follow for either knowledge or inspiration and where could we find them? Yeah. Two people that I think of right away are, are people that a lot of your audience are going to know. And one we've already mentioned is John Maxwell. Uh, he's had probably the biggest influence on my life from, uh, from a standpoint of my thoughts and inspiration and, and leadership. Uh, another was John Gordon. And I know you guys had John Gordon on your podcast, uh, a great episode. And um, you know, a lot of your audience is familiar with him, but I want to give you one person that your audience may not be familiar with. And, and her name is Betsy Butterick. And you can find her at BetsyButterick.com. But uh, Betsy is a communication specialist and she works with a lot of organizations uh, in sports teams. And she's really good at communicating and she's really good at helping us understand how to be better communicators and not just how to be better talkers, but how to be better listeners. Uh, And uh, you know, whether, whether you're married, whether you're teaching, coaching, administrating, essentially if you interact with any person, then, uh, you know, you need to probably improve in the area of communication in some way. And so Betsy has really uh, been somebody in the last couple of years that I've uh, followed and, and enjoyed her work. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's helped me in my marriage. I think it has, but uh, I guess my wife would be the one to, uh, to say whether it has or not. But she's, uh, she's really good with uh, the, the interpersonal communication. That's awesome. So we'll link back to um, Betsy Betterick in the in the show, Butterick, I, I should say, and then um, John Maxwell, John Gordon, um, and also Simon Sinek. And do you have a favorite book from John Maxwell? Just curious about that. He's written so much, and um, <laughs> like all all of our, all of the greats uh, um, refer back to him. I just wonder if you have a favorite of his that you might point to. Yeah, there's two that come to mind right away. And one is, is probably his, the biggest bestseller, which is the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, because it, it really uh, encapsulates so many things about leadership. And uh, it, it's just a great, you can take any one of those chapters and just do a deep dive. And, and I actually took a, uh, we developed a, a student athlete leadership group uh, to develop and train future leaders at, at a high school I was at. And we actually went through that and did a book study. And I put book study in quotation marks because uh, they didn't actually read the book. 
um, because it was it was longer than they wanted to read. But what we did was we uh, were able to put together a little PDF or a chapter summary of each chapter and able to take them through that. So it was kind of like a book summary or a book, uh, a book study. But, uh, you know, each chapter you can dive into that. And then the second book that really comes to mind is uh, Becoming a Person of Influence. And uh, he just actually came out with Becoming a Person of Influence 2.0. And I love that because his whole premise on leadership is that leadership's not about position, title, authority, flowcharts. Um, it's not, you know, you're a leader because you're the superintendent or the principal. Uh, you are a leader because you have influence, because you are able to influence one person um, and then another person and then another person. And, you know, the custodian, the lunch lady. Uh, you know, the ninth grader on the, on the basketball team, they can be a person of influence. They can actually be a leader because they can have influence over somebody on that team by doing what's right, by being someone that's well-respected. And so becoming a person of influence is that book that, that I highly recommend. That's great. And we'll definitely link back to that one as well. Becoming a person of influence. Thank you for that. Um, next question. What's the one thing that people should try to do on a regular basis that might make a difference in their day or life? And I think that goes back to um, the decision-making piece. But if you could give us some advice on that, um, our audience really digs into it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's more of a mindset. And, and I know it's not a, a big-time practical thing, but it's more of a mindset of trying to understand other people. So every everything that you watch on the news, every – thing that you see on your Twitter feed or your Facebook feed or every action, interaction you have with somebody, you're trying to understand what's going on and you're trying to understand the perspective as opposed to getting your perspective understood. And Stephen Covey in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he said, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I, I go through my whole life every day. I intentionally every day try to understand everything that's going on or the or why someone said something why they did something it could be as little as i'm in a parking lot at walmart or the grocery store and somebody goes down the wrong lane or somebody cuts across i'm trying to think all right what were they thinking why were they doing that as opposed to getting upset at that um because i think so many times we going to back to that tree thing, we just see our tree and not the whole forest. We just see our perspective and not other people's perspectives. And so we never find common ground. But this also really comes into play. Like if you're a teacher in a classroom and you're just hammering home, you know, this math or this science or this English, and you're just doing what's in the textbook or you're just doing what's in your lesson plans and you're not truly understanding what these 14, 15, 16 year olds are going through. Or why did they say what they said? Why are they wearing what they're wearing? Why did they do what they do? Um, if you don't truly understand that and think that, then it's going to be really hard to, to, to find that uh, way to inspire and motivate them. And, and it could be that. It could be a political conversation you have on Facebook. You know, you, you go on Facebook all the time and it's people spouting off their opinions. Well, when you talk, when you give your opinion, all you're doing is repeating what you already know when you ask questions and actually try to find out why somebody has an opinion or why they do what they do, now you may actually open yourself up to learn. I love that, Jamie. I love how you uh, tied that into learning and really trying to discover what people are thinking. It was funny as I'm, I'm listening to you, I, I really started wondering how the ego 
fits into that as well and how we we are really in a, a community now in which we want to prove our point but at the end of the day the damage sometimes that can cause um when it's done the wrong way so you you got my own my own mind stirring here quite a bit well at, you know i i was in high school and I, I wish i'd remembered this in my early career it was only after i i had some struggles in my career that i actually remembered this episode but i i'm in high school and i'm walking down the street with my mom and we have to get across to the other side of the road. And, you know, I'm a punk kid, so I'm not going to go up to the crosswalk. I'm just going to cross the street right now. And so I go to cross the street and my mom grabs my shoulder and pulls me back. You know, what are you doing? I'm like, mom, I got this. She's like, yeah, but there's cars coming. I said, mom, don't worry. Pedestrians have the right of way. And, and she looked at me and she said, yeah, and you'll be dead right. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, that goes into what you were just saying of, how many times are we the smartest person in the room or we're right, but, but we turn someone else off or we don't get the best result or a win-win result just because we're trying to win the argument. We're trying to be right. We're trying to look good. You know, we might be right as a coach, as a coach, I better be the smartest person in that locker room as a teacher, man, you better be the smartest person in your science a classroom or else we got a problem but that doesn't mean that that you need to get your way all the time because sometimes you're going to be dead right and it doesn't mean you let the inmates run the asylum or anything like that but you you've got to get out of this mindset we've got to get out of this mindset of i'm going to be right i'm going to win this argument i'm going to show everybody how smart i am to hey can we find a way to have win-win situations Thank you, Jamie. That's fantastic. Um, let's move on. Um, what's one thing that you want to know or be able to do that you don't already? <laughs> wow. Um, well, the first thing I think of, it has nothing to do with anything uh, deep. And that's, I'd, I'd, I'd love to know who's going to win like the World Series or the Super Bowl so I could make some money. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I would love to know when my kid is going to have a meltdown or when my kid uh, is, is going to kind of, uh, you know, what my kid is thinking, what my 10 year old is thinking um, so that, you know, you try to be proactive or you try to, uh, you try to think ahead. And, but uh, there's just sometimes, you know, all the parents out there probably understand what I'm saying. You just don't always know when your kid is going to mess up or your kid is going to, uh, you know, just, disobey you or snap. Um, and, uh, you know, I would love to know that kind of stuff so that I could be better prepared for it. But, uh, in other words, just, I'd like to know how to be a better father, which I know, uh, there's lots of books and articles out there, but it's, it's, you know, I was, uh, I was an amazing, I was pretty much a parenting expert. I was an amazing dad 11 years ago. Um, it's amazing how much dumber I've gotten in the last 10 years since I've had a son. Uh, but man, about 11 years ago, I was, I, I could talk on parenting all day long. It's an interesting thing, right? It's, it's funny to, um, to think about what you want to do as a parent uh, versus what you're actually doing as a parent. I think it also links back um, particularly to the point that you made earlier about trying to learn the other person's perspective. I'd love to know when my kids are going to have a volatile reaction to something uh, 
that I say that I feel is meaningless. Um, and so it is like getting into their perspective and understanding more about what makes them tick. So you've connected those two things um, and they're hard. They're hard to do at work and they're hard to do at home. Jamie, what's the one thing that has led or continues to lead to your growth as a leader that you think others might be able to replicate? Well, I, I continue, I, I go back to kind of what I said earlier about trying to be intentional about seeing other perspectives. Um, I, uh, I was a, uh, uh, I was a camp counselor in college and we would go out on the weekends and, and when the campers weren't there, we'd go out on the speedboat around this lake and our camp director, he had this knack for finding turtles, seeing turtles like on the shore. It would seem like they're a mile away and he could spot a turtle on a log from a mile away. I never, ever saw any turtles when I, you know, until he pointed them out. I would never see turtles before him. He saw every turtle on the lake. The reason why I never saw any turtles is because I never looked for turtles. I didn't care about turtles. He cared about turtles, and so he found turtles. Now, circling back, what does this mean? I think a lot of times we find what we're looking for, and sometimes we're looking for things that shape our narrative, that fit our narrative. And going back to what I was saying earlier about seeing things from another perspective, I think if all we're ever doing is looking for turtles, then we're going to find those turtles. So if you're in a classroom, um, uh, you know, I, I want to give this other story. When I was in seventh grade, I had this, this friend of mine and we were doing a class project together and he was a screw up. He, he always, you know, teachers didn't like him. Okay. But he did a great job on this class project and he and I really put together something great and we turned it in. And when the teacher handed it back, I had an A and Bill had an F and I'll never forget the teacher looking at Bill and saying, Bill, you're getting an F because I know there's no way that you did this work because Jamie always does a good job. He had to have done all this work and he just helped you out as a friend. And I'll never forget that. Well, fast forward five years later and Bill commits first degree murder, kills a couple people. Now I have, I'm not going to say, you know, that if he had gotten an A like he had deserved that day, that, that he wouldn't have done that. But I do know that there was one point in his life that one teacher had a chance to add value, that one teacher had a chance to praise him for work that he had actually done instead of just seeing turtles, instead of just seeing, all right, Bill's a screw up, Bill's always in trouble. So, you know, I'm looking for Bill to not do good things. Um, and I'm going to assume the worst from Bill. And I think a lot of times we all go through this, uh, whether it's with our, our, our spouses, with our bosses, with our students, and with other people in politics. It doesn't matter. We, we are looking for turtles. We're finding them to shape our narrative instead of being intentional about seeing other people's viewpoints, which then allows us then to have conversations and maybe learn a little bit more, maybe add value to someone's life, maybe inspire someone that we never would have inspired otherwise. Jamie, thank you for sharing these stories. I mean, I, they're bringing to life um, what you're saying and they're touching. I mean, I think we all can think back, you know, as educators, those moments in which, you know, you know, I'm sure Bill never gave anybody any reason to praise him. But you're right. When we're focused on the right things 
and really discovering people. Um, you know, something in education we always talk about is hurt people hurt people. And, you know, that's a great, powerful story to remind us about being intentional and looking for the best, despite it not seemingly being anywhere. So thank you. Um, let's wrap up with our, our final question, Jane. What's one thing that you used to think that you don't think anymore? <laughs> that, that everybody should do what I would do? That, <laughs> that I was, was an all-star projector. I projected what I would do or what I thought onto others. And uh, you know what? People aren't going to be like me and they're not going to think like me and they're not going to do what I think they should do. Um, and so I have, to, uh, I have to understand that. And so I can't get upset when people uh, don't do what I think they should do. And so that's something that has, uh, you know, it's still a work in progress. I wish I did that all the time um, still, but I'm certainly much better at that than I used to be. And, and that, uh, you know, that helped me as a coach when I finally kind of realized that, that I need to do a little bit better with that because it's not, well, they should do this or they should listen to me because I'm the boss or I'm the coach. They should do this because this is what I did when I was 18 or 19 at their age. No, I need as a leader to figure out how to inspire them. I need to add value and speak life into their lives and, and give them a reason to, to do what I'm asking them to do, but also to do what's in the best interest of the team. And, you know, we started off this conversation kind of talking about teamwork, but oftentimes as a leader, and I was like this early on, even though I was influenced by John Maxwell, I was still young and immature. And, uh, but early on in my professional career, my idea of being a leader, a good leader was having really good, complicit, compliant followers. And as I got more experienced and essentially had, had failures as a leader, I realized that a good leader really is someone that's developing other leaders. You're actually lifting other people up. You're, you're not only uh, equipping them, but you're enhancing them, you're enriching them, and you're enabling them to be better. You're empowering them to be better um, and not just be good followers. And so, uh, yeah. That's, that's kind of one thing that I wish I had learned a little bit earlier or that I've, that I've learned through the years and, and gotten a little bit better with. Thank you for that. I mean, it's great insight um, for anybody listening. I mean, really, this show has kind of morphed into a conversation around perspective and perspective finding. Um, and really what you're saying there, too, at the end is we tend to sometimes lead others the way that we would like to be led. And quite frankly, it's just not fair. They need to be led the way that they need to be led as individuals, um, not as what, what we need and just finding that perspective for each individual. And then just a last point there, we interviewed Francesca Gino a, a while back and she has a book about rebels and finding space for the rebels. So you're right about just looking for compliance is not the answer. We need to lead leaders um, and, and finding um, the time and energy uh, around uh, allowing people to be themselves. So that, this has been a fantastic interview. Uh, just a lot of simple strategies for anyone listening, but really, really uh, in-depth ideas. Um, that's what's key here. We always say that leadership might be complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And you've given us a lot of nuggets of, of, of wisdom. Jamie, is there anything else that you would like to add today for our listeners? 
Well, I just want to, a lot of your listeners are, are people uh, of influence, people that deal with people or work with people daily, uh, especially young people. And I, I mean, I just want to say thank you. I mean, thank you for all that you do. And I know sometimes it can be frustrating, uh, overworked, underpaid or underappreciated or whatever, you know, and just thank you for that. Because we talked about the why earlier, know your why. I mean, we have to remember that the people that we deal with in our classrooms or on our athletic courts or fields every day, those are the future husbands, wives, fathers, uh, you know, uh, mothers, business people, leaders in our community. And we're developing the next generation of leaders. And so it's a great responsibility, but a great opportunity. But thanks for the work that you do. Thank you for that, Jamie. I mean, thank you for that. Thank you for being on the show. I just want to remind the listeners that your legacy is there every time you leave the room. Uh, It's another great podcast. Don't forget to follow our blog, theschoolhouse302.com for blog posts, podcasts, and video blogs all on the topic of leadership. And we hope you enjoyed this one thing series on teams, how teams function effectively and how individuals can best contribute to the group and so much more. Thank you, Jamie, for being on the show. Hey, thanks guys.